This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It's another Forever Mighty postgame show, except tonight we'll be talking about a Ducks win with special guest Chip from K-Rock. What's up, Chip? How you doing? I thought I was just here to talk about cereal. That's kind of my thing. Hey, we can talk about that. I'm sure we'll find a way to get into it. And people we'll love when we talk way. about cereal. I mean, we definitely talked about it when we were on your show. So it's it's not an unknown factor here. Trust me, it has not stopped since you left. <laughs> I think it started before we got there, too. So it wasn't like we started it. I think maybe the cereal even came in before I started talking about hockey. I think it's just always been there. You should probably add it to your logo. It would make more sense that way. No, I have a I have plans for T-shirts, and I'm not gonna give away what the back of the T-shirt says, but it, it plays in there. Perfect. So uh, when the when the totally offsides T-shirts comes out, you, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna get some magic. <laughs> so Chip, thanks for subbing in for uh, my lazy co-hosts Jason and Eddie. Uh, you replaced two people in one shot, so that's good news. Um, otherwise, I'd just be talking to myself, and nobody wants to hear that. So we appreciate you joining the show. Hell of a Ducks game tonight. Uh, yeah, off and great on. win. Right. Yeah. Great win. Off and on, it was great. I felt like some some parts of it were uh, very slow and very ducks esque from the past, but uh, sure. they got through it and pulled out the four one win. Also, yeah, it's a very much a it was a very much a bendo break game where you know the first period we'll get into it, but but you know there was times where the Islanders were really putting the pressure on, but the Ducks just just held on and just didn't let them uh, get ahead. No, it, they were able to, to hold the fourth down. Gibby was back in net. And, of course, we were, we were like used to saying this so far this season. No Getzloff, no no Kasha, no Silverberg, no Richie. Although we news about Richie, I'm sure everyone in the, in the world knows about that now. Uh, no Patrick Eves, no Carter Rowney. So plenty of uh, people that you would expect to be in the lineup at this point in the season still remain out. Um, John Gibson, man, is it going to be another season of the Gibby show, Chip? I I mean I I, I he, probably but I hope he has a better sur- supporting cast. Like uh, he, like it, one on one hand he's playing with it, you know playing with standing on his head and he's playing great but he needs help. Like there you know that game a couple of days ago where they had they pulled him after the the second period when he faced 30 shots in one period like he's great but you can't just let him sit on his own like that. No, I mean, he was he was laughing in net, but I wonder if he went to the locker room and was just super pissed at his defenseman for that performance in Dallas. That was probably the most brutal performance I've seen as a Ducks fan in a, a long, long time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, if it, it's, it's odd. I talked about it on my podcast this week about how the NHL media is finally getting the hit that Gibby's good. I'm like, you know, the Ducks fans are like, where have you been the last two years? He's always been good. Yeah, and we've he, been now saying he's this playing forever. better than ever. Yeah. You know, he got six in the Vesna voting last year, and they're like, how? And, and, but, you know, the highest save percentage in the league. And you're like, well, how, do you, how are you guys just figuring this out? It's, it's insane. It's, it's all West Coast, right? I mean, there has to be a little bit of play in there where they, where they don't always pay attention to the West Coast, especially the Ducks. They're not one of those flashy teams. So yeah. they're not, they don't have the young, you know, 
stars that are that are flying up and down the ice like you have like let's say like in toronto um particularly there right or even over in pittsburgh where you have crosby and gino they don't have those types of players so i don't yeah. think th- i don't think too many people tune in to ducks games back east yeah if you put them in another, in another sweater it's a totally different uh, ball game oh 100 percent. they would pay attention yeah if he was in toronto and freddie was in anaheim then gibby would be like yeah he'd probably have a vesna <laughs> <laughs> you probably have two and he'd use it like to like like block out his garage he isn't back in too far to hit things, you'd use them just to like just to hang you know, from, figure out ways to park. The garage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so his windshield can hit it. Uh. All right, let's get on a Gibby ch- and a Gibby rant. I'm sure we will at some point later in the show, but let's let's uh, kick off the intro here and uh, get started with the first period. Sweet. Trying to get by Benning. Darnell Nurse left it in the corner. Gets on center. Perry so here we are, Chip, ready to break down the first period of the Islanders and Ducks game. Uh, they kept mentioning on the broadcast that uh, this is, you know, the last time these two teams met, Hampus Lindholm had a hat trick. And it was kind of like, okay, it's, they love to live on that. Uh, like always living mm-hmm. in the past, Allers and Hazy, they always like to point things out that uh, I think nobody remembers from last year until they started talking about it, which always cracks me up. Yeah. And then all you're thinking about is maybe there is a hat trick tonight. Maybe Lindholm will get one. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have your hopes up. You're like, God damn it. <laughs> It's like, well, I mean, Lindholm does score. I mean, spoiler alert. So, but no, yeah. no hat trick. We had a couple of yeah. interesting things happen in this game, though. Uh, the first period started off just, I don't know, kind of crazy. The Ducks and Islanders trading odd man rushes. It seemed like a very fast paced game in the beginning, but the more as, as the period kept going on, it just felt like the Ducks weren't really getting the grade A chances. It felt like the Islanders were kind of. Um, able to attack them in the neutral zone and then break up anything the Ducks had going on. Like, the Ducks just couldn't get anything going on the rush. Yeah, and it seemed like there was some haphazard pa- uh, passing going on, too. I can't remember who. I think it was Manson. Like, at one point, he did, like, you know, a spin cycle and then fired off a pass to nowhere, like, almost like a Gensloff special. And um, it also seemed like the physicality and the size of the Islanders was getting the best of the rookies in the first period. Like, they were just imposing their will at, you know, at will, whatever they wanted, like, just... There was no uh, very little uh, pressure in the you know, Ducks offensively. Just, it, the first period was rough on the Ducks, I think. Yeah, it was just a very uninspired hockey. It felt like they just couldn't get anything in, into the Islanders zone for any elongated period of time. And when they did, it was just like maybe a shot towards the net or near the net and then right back out. Um, I mean, they only had five on five, like two scoring chances. So they didn't look good in the first period, but somehow it just seems like the, just the way of Anaheim's you know season so far, this you know the way it's been going, except for the Dallas game, is they end up coming away with a goal. Um, yeah. But before we get to that, we, let's talk about Comtois getting in a fight <laughs> versus Mayfield, and like even like you know I was like cringing over here, and you could like the announcers were like Mayfield's not the guy you want to go toe to toe with in your first fight, and it it was over pretty quickly. He got, dude, he landed a couple of solid punches on Comtois there. One over the top, and then the uppercut totally caught him on the chin. You could see it rattle a, a little bit on the slow mo replay. 
Yeah, because Comptroll, what he like seemed to wrap his arm around the back of Mayfield's head, but he did. He but he didn't had he had no room to do anything offensively. He just kind of was like just latched on and just like, held on for the best. Oh, he was just holding on for his. I think once he grabbed him, he realized how strong that guy was. And he's like, ah, I'm in for it. He's like, I'm oh, in bad move, it. bad move. <laughs> that's what they come to the broadcast league. Like, you find out really yeah. quick as a young as a young player in the league, like who is who and who you don't pick on. And Mayfield is definitely not somebody that uh, Maxime Comtois wants to pick on there. But yeah. <laughs> so the Ducks, Cogliano gets cross-checked the face by Nelson in the slot. Of course, that results in a power play. And on the, re- on the ensuing power play, the Ducks are able to get a goal here. Uh, Ducks get pressure in the zone, I mean, which you would expect from a power play, which is great. Steel up towards the top of the blue line. Rockets one on net. Rebound comes back out directly in front to Ryan Kessler, who chops it as he's being knocked down. Knocks the rebound home, and it's one nothing Ducks. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll talk about it more, but what a game for Kessler. He's played well. He's played pretty yeah. well uh, in his few games back. I mean, what, he put up two goals tonight. I think that puts him at four this season so far. Yeah, four, and then I think he had uh, at least one. He had a couple assists, right? Or at least maybe at least one since he's been back. I'd have to go check his stat line there, but Kessler's yeah. looks he looks pretty comfortable. He definitely looks yeah. comfortable back in here. You haven't really seen the dirty, nasty Kessler that, uh, that we've come to love over the past couple of years. But that's mm-hmm. fine. I mean, the Ducks aren't in a position to be that way right now. I feel like they need to kind of not be the bullies anymore. And they kind of just have to play that speed game like everybody else is playing. And that kind of helps with all the kids in there with no with no, uh, no parry, no gets off, no heaves. Yeah. Uh, really quick, can I read the – I've read this too offline. But um, this uh, tweet from Mike Kopinger, it's uh, Mike K- uh, Kessler's postgame interview. Oh, yeah. Kessler said tonight's two-goal game was a big middle finger to those who doubted he would return to form following hip surgery. I asked him how much he enjoys proving doubters wrong. I love it. It's my favorite thing in the world. <laughs> of <laughs> so course good. it is. <laughs> Eddie, Eddie pops in on our chat. Uh, he says he has three goals and one assist in four games. So I was off there yeah. on the goals. But he's you were right on the assist. So he's got four okay. points in four games. Thanks, Eddie. Thanks for joining. <laughs> <laughs> he's sitting in the Toronto airport where it's, what time is it there now? One fifteen in the morning waiting for his flight. Poor guy. But. Poor guy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Ducks end up getting that one nothing uh, lead. We're able to take it into the locker room there. And like I like I said, too, this felt really uninspiring. But they're able to come away with a lead. And that's just kind of how the season's gone for them. They've been able to win these games by the skin of their teeth. Going yeah. into the second period, uh, they take an early pe- penalty but kill it off. And that was a much better PK this time around. We saw a penalty kill in the first period. And it was just kind of uh, typical. They, they were hemmed in their zone, I think, for what, like a minute, minute and a half in the first period? Minute and period? a half until they cleared it. Or, yeah. It was brutal. Yeah. And then uh, I think this the second period, this, this penalty kill, Luke Shen started coming through. Like, he had a pretty dominant game the last, the second, uh, the second periods of the game. Well, second, uh, two periods of the game. I can talk well. It's been a long <laughs> No, I'm, he, I he definitely was somebody that stepped up. I felt like that's yeah. something I wanted to talk about, too, is, is not only was he brought in for, like, uh, you know, to play defense. Clearly, he plays a little bit of defense. He's not the best option at five or six, but... He was also very physical, and the Ducks got pushed around a lot in that Dallas game. Uh, the St. Louis game was kind of, you know, not so physical much. But going into this, you know, the, the Islanders have Cal Clutterbuck and other guys on that team that like to hit. And Shin was able to play the body. I know he got Bolivier, and he just, like, blew that kid up in the corner at one point. And then he also stopped uh, Johnston. And Johnston, mm-hmm. I think, was going for the hit, and Shin just laid him out. Yeah, so it's good to see him, um, you know, because his uh, season so far has been quite, pretty quiet for the Ducks. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, you can't expect all that much, right? I mean, when you're talking about a fifth, sixth guy, it's kind of like how much does he really move the needle for you when he's only playing five, six minutes a night? Exactly. Yeah. So good so, to see him showing showing through, though. Yeah, and I got to calm down because I was such a big uh, like hater on the Ducks' fifth and sixth defenseman last year, and I would get so pissed. Like, why don't they bring in one of these young kids to come help out? And now I'm kind of like... It doesn't really matter all that much. I guess just like looking back at last season, I think Kevin BX's glaring mistake for me that was stuck in my head forever was his really sweet pass to Dylan Larkin. And oh, uh, Larkin was yeah. able to score. <laughs> so yeah. that was, that's where like my hate for uh, Kevin BX has started to come out. But I don't know. Maybe it was a little over-exaggerated on my end. But So the Ducks were able to, uh, to withhold the Islanders for much of this period. Um, but just uh, more of what we've seen earlier a couple of turnovers in the, in the ducks own zone manson and raquel both turned the, the puck over consecutively as the islanders were able to put some pressure on the ducks again matthew barzell that, i feel like that guy could have had three goals tonight yeah he was insane and like it's crazy how he can hit the spin and then almost get faster while he's doing it and his toy just like he was like all over the ice like it's insane the way he like, holds that puck i know they did a couple of things uh when they were showing him um like highlights of him in between intermission or whatever, where it's like they, they track the puck with him on it. And it's like, he has the puck for like over 10 seconds in the, in, in, in the offensive zone in multiple games that he's played. He's done that. I mean, I've seen highlight reels of him being able to score goals like that. And for whatever reason, it just sticks to him when he's able to create that way. Yeah. And, um, you, you were watching the game. Uh, the, the, they had Josh Manson mic'd and him commenting on how fast Barzell is and how he has to like, give him space because he's like he's, he's gonna blow right past me i have to like play more conservative it's, it was it was really funny to hear which now i decided i need to mic myself for uh, my beer league games oh, it's just totally be, <laughs> but it's just to be me, me screaming at we have a really reckless uh another defenseman on the blue line and he's reckless as hell but somehow he like he's also has nine lives so he'll make the most boneheaded play in the world but still manage to save a goal and he's like and then but because it happens, it's all luck, but because it happens on his watch, he thinks it's okay. And it makes <laughs> on the pitchers screaming at him all the time, like, why are you throwing your stick across the ice? Like, it's so dumb. So maybe I shouldn't mic myself. No, it you might totally be, like, should. Evidence. You should, like, be great clips of you, like, you could put in your own on your own show. That's true. I do it for, do it for comedy. Yeah, you could totally do that. And you could, like, maybe cover yeah. up, like, when someone swears on your podcast, like, instead of a bleep, it's it's a, it's a audio clip from your game. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> hey, you want to talk about the um, the uh, goalie interference call? Oh, yeah. That's, I wanted to get to that for sure. The Islanders appeared to score. Clutterbuck and Barzell were jamming at it at the side of the net. Gibby looked like he had it covered, but, I mean, the referee's on the wrong side at the wrong time. And it was it was well noted, and it, it uh, was good, too, because I had forgot because I just hadn't seen it yet. But the Ducks called a coach's challenge for goalie interference and I rolled my eyes at it. And I'm like, oh, dude, this, they never go the right way. And they're like, Oh yeah, this goes to Toronto. They don't, they don't get to stare at this with the iPad anymore. Like this immediately yeah. goes to Toronto. Toronto gets the, gets on the call and it turned out to be a good call. I thought. Yeah, me too. I was, yeah. Well, obviously, you know, uh, you know, for the ducks, so any duck fan of me. yeah, a little, little bit of a bias, but also too looking at it. And, uh, I think because Manson is Mike, he, you, you hear them talking to the ref, like how long is he going to hold the puck for you guys to, to whistle? Like he was pretty, uh, yeah, incensed by it as well. I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that they just had guys swarming Gibby uh, in consecutive games, especially in Dallas. Like the defenseman really needed to step up and clear the front, and and so when you see your goaltender get poked like that, and they just know how much Gibby's had to tolerate, I bet that was part of it too. But 
I mean, honestly, they poked and poked and poked until the stick popped up and his and his pad went back. I was like, there's nothing they could have done about it at that point. But the Ducks get the uh, the no goal there, which everyone was happy about for sure. And then it seemed to be just minutes later, Ryan Kessler on the board again, which looked to be like a snipe from my original viewpoint of that shot from my couch. And then they mm-hmm. slow it down. It was like that puck was like doing like, I don't know, it was like a like a what do you call that in baseball not a curveball but whatever like a, like, like a knuckle like a knuckleball yeah yeah there you go it was like a yeah. knuckleball and it just bounced and, and chipped up off the ice and went over the pad of grice and all of a sudden it's two nothing yeah and then the fair part of that was the the rebound came out of the net and just to make sure he shot it back in the net <laughs> in kessler fashion right of course he's gonna yeah. wire it back in even though he saw it go in <laughs> yeah he's like, just gonna make sure you know so what did you think about Troy Terry's game? I saw a little bit of flashes of uh, of some brilliance there. He had a, a nice pass from Sam Steele where Terry broke into the zone one-on-one, was able to get around the defenseman, but just didn't have enough real estate to chip it over Grice. But I I saw pieces of Terry here where, he, like, well, okay, that's the guy I saw in training camp. Yeah, like he's been quiet the last couple of games uh, where I think he was a healthy scratch, what, a game or two ago. Yeah. Um, and I think all these rookies are buzzing pretty well right now. I think there was a line um, – was it Terry and maybe Terry or Sherwood? Like they had a breakaway and they're passing to each other. And it was just so like it's just so cool to see these kids like contributing so early, you know, six seven games into the season. Um, but yeah, I think I thought Terry looked pretty good. No, I did too. Uh, I thought I mean the rookies yeah. have been looking really good, but it was finally nice to see Terry show up just because he's always been touted. You remember how excited everyone was to get the guy, the kid from from. Uh, from the world juniors that was going five hole in the shootout, you know, he played in the mm-hmm. Olympics and you know, he's, he's older, so he should be dominant and he yeah. just hasn't looked good this season. And yeah, I think and he's kind of been, game. yeah, he's been, he's been like overshadowed. Yeah. By Sherwood and, and come to, come to for sure. Who saw that coming? Um, not, at least not this dominant, but yeah. So yeah, to see him come and come out a little bit was, was nice. Oh, for sure. And I mean, even Lundestrom has had better games than Troy Terry has. So I thought that yeah. was, it was great to see Terry come out and, and work hard today. Um, and then it just kind of goes through and then I started to get pissed off, uh, tonight, Chip. I don't know if you love it or not, but I can't stand it. The damn wooing begins, uh, just before the second period ends. I just, I kept, after Kessler scored that goal, everyone's like just doing the, the freaking Ric Flair in Honda yeah, Center and, nonstop. And I used to be a pro woo person cause it's fun. It's fun. It's dumb. Especially like, cause it, you know, it started, at, I know it's been kind of all over the league, but it started at the Honda Center when they had the huge, like, Ric Flair montage one game, and it kind of stuck around because of that. But there needs to be, oh, you know, we need to have, like, a fan meeting, which is ridiculous, but, or some, figure out, like, when to do it. Because it's, it's effective if you all do it at once, but if it's just here, here, for a second, you know, five minutes into a game, and then 15 minutes into a period, like, it's so scattered, like, that's dumb. But if you figure out a way, I would just have us rather come up with our own thing because the woo is all over the league. It's not just here. Um, but to actually have a purpose for it, that's, like, the, the scattering all, all over the place and, all like, all the time, that, that, that bugs me. Well, like, I know in Philly, after they score, they do it, and it's all collective, right? And then they, yeah. they play it over, over the PA system. So everyone does it together, and then it's done. It's mm-hmm. not like everyone's wooing constantly, and I just feel like... I don't know. I, I ranted on this on our one of our bonus shows for Patreon about a week ago. I was I actually got upset about it. I was like, this is so dumb. Because I remember being yeah. at a game and it happening. It was just driving me nuts. But that's I can rant all, again. <laughs> yeah, and I'm all for like 
um, you know, because we, we don't, again, again and again and again, Nashville's fans um, are touted for having, like, these great goal chants, these great goalie, like, you know, they yell at the goalies, they have, you know, they have things for everything. They have those chants, are pretty they good. Have, they have cheers, and the Ducks don't really have those, and I would, it would be awesome for the Ducks to have those, but it just needs to be organized. You need to figure out, it's just, yeah, just to, to get their own identity and to be more vocal at games, because sometimes... They aren't very vocal, and that's kind of a bummer when you're like, hey, we're the home team, and we're not really doing much. You get a woo here and there, you know what I mean? No, totally. I've had people that um, that aren't from California that moved here. Like, I have a, one of my friends uh, used to live in, in Chicago and was fortunate enough to, to get into hockey during the heyday in Chicago, and they you know winning cups you know, in the past eight years. And he moves here, and he's like, man, Honda Center are quiet. Like, you guys are just yeah. really quiet here. I'm like, yeah, it's just kind of the crowd, man. They just Yeah, it's, I've heard we're too polite. I'm like, that's not it either. It's just like – but uh, also with, with Nashville, what they did was – what was pretty smart is when – I don't know if they still do this, but when they're first getting these chants together, when you walked into the game, they would hand out cards saying, when this happened, when this – you know, when, when we're on pendant to kill, chant this. Here's what the goalie chant is. It's like they taught their fans. Ah, so, very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so on one hand, people are going, hey, you need to, like, you guys have, like, a, a to-do list? I'm like, no, that's that's how you get everyone on board. That's how you create a, th- a thing, right? That's how you get yeah. everyone to do the same thing. I think that's a good idea. I mean, it sounds yeah. stupid, but it works. Let's Clearly make it happen. It worked. We should. We'll make, our, we'll make our own and pass them out, at least until security stops us. So when we go to Paul Korea night, we'll just stand, We'll get there, like, extra early and just stand it. Uh, <laughs> we're at that break where everyone lines up to get in security and just hand out all these flashcards. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I don't think they would do that. <laughs> what wrong could come from this? <laughs> <laughs> no, no one's going to get upset about that. Uh, Gordon yeah. Bombay wants to challenge us in chat. He says, Honda Center is too quiet, but stop wooing. You guys are tripping. <laughs> the woo, get, just pick, pick up something else. No. I don't know, man. Yeah. I'm just not a fan of the woo when I'm sitting right at right happen. Anyway, I don't want to get into it. Come on, come on, Coach Bombay. <laughs> I'm just saying the woos are fine, but just be, we need to have a system for it. So it's actually so if everyone woos at the same time, it's actually louder. Yeah, then it's collective if it's and it's three fun. guys wooing, it's nothing. No. That's what I'm saying. Just be organized. <laughs> so the Ducks end up uh, taking the two nothing lead into the third period here. And then Henrique gets on the board, Comtois on the rush into the zone, throws it on net from I mean, basically the goal line bottom of the circle. Pops it up. Grice loses sight of it, and then Henrique bats it out of the air. This line has been dangerous since the beginning of the season, right? All seven games and all, but still, uh, it's great to see Uncle Rico put in the goal there. Always, yeah. And he, he was one of those signings over the offseason that I was most happy about. It was Kasha and Rico were, like, the two main ones that I was really stoked to. Because Rico, like, you know, he traded here from the Devils, and he was uh, involved and, you know, making plays and stuff almost instantly you know with that famous you know flipping the puck over Vatnin, who we got traded for into the you know it's Rico's been an awesome story I think oh I think so too I mean yeah that goal will always be when you, when you if you were to ask somebody like five six years down the road who's a Ducks fan do you remember, do you remember like what's what's the your favorite um Henrique goal they're always going to point to that Sammy Vatnin goal unless unless Henrique puts in like a game-winning goal for a cup yeah yeah <laughs> that's, it, that's gonna be it, that goal. like yeah on your first goal you already had like you made your you made your ducks history that's not a bad that's not a bad way to go against the guy you tra- you were traded for which is absurd like what are the chances yeah. of that happening that that was and awesome there, and a lot of people were fans of botany but then to see him totally get clowned you're like holy crap all right this trade is this trade is fine <laughs> yeah glad we got rid of you thanks <laughs> 
although it did open but, up holes in our defense, but still, yeah, I, still, I feel yeah. it. I and then that's a whole other, yeah. A whole other topic. But that, that was great to see Henrique come back over here for sure and sign that contract. Um, and this is where we got the hits by uh, – one of the hits by Shen, the hit on Bolivia. Just <sighs> People say there's no hitting in the game anymore. Like, what are you talking about? Like, just make it clean. That was as clean of a hit as you're going to get. I felt like maybe the puck had left a little bit. But yeah, he didn't do a choke slam afterwards. That's why it's fine. <laughs> no, for sure. I got lit up on social media about commenting on that hit by Matheson on, on Pedersen, honestly. Yeah, the hit was fine. It was the choke slam at the end of it. And then when people, you know, like, I'm with you. Like, that's the hit. The hit there's nothing wrong with the actual hit. No, I got broed up, though. Like, it was all these bros on Instagram that were on a, on a hockey um on a hockey Instagram page, and they were like, it's, you know, you got to be a man. You got to suck up. It's part of the game. You know, welcome to the show. I'm like, welcome to the show. You put your stick between a kid's legs and then grabbed him by his by his like almost by his neck and threw him down to the ice. Like I, that's not hockey, man. What are you talking about? Yeah, and he was mad because a rookie clowned him, made him look like a fool. Like, oh, he got dangled. Oh, he totally got dangled. Yeah. He like dove on the ice and tried to sweep the puck and missed. It was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, again, <laughs> but, more but digressions. But, clear. Yeah, but right through. Got to go back to Shen. <laughs> we got to we got to get some yeah. praise from you. Mentioned that it was like his best game of the season. I think so too. Uh, he played well defensively. He was able to read plays um, and pick off passes. I thought it was a great game uh, for Luke Shen for sure. But do you uh, think he was uh, maybe motivated a little bit by that signing today? Um, maybe, maybe, right? Maybe. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I think that uh, I mean, from all accounts, he's the the guy we picked up was. I'm trying to think of his name now. Shoot, I didn't even yeah. grab that. But he's another defenseman that the Ducks picked up. Um, I want to say it's Doc. Is it Docton? Dawson? Docton? Yeah, I'm going to say his name wrong. Someone in chat is going to blow me up on it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm about, like, on my podcast, I say I'm about 75% wrong on all uh, pronunciations of hockey names. Yeah, I'm terrible. Yeah, it's yeah. Doc, Docton. Docton? I think that's his name. Anyway, by all accounts, he's a much better player than what we have on the bottom of the uh, of the Ducks pairs there. But he's probably going to go to San Diego, I would think, and get a couple, like, tune-up games, I guess, for the Ducks. Um, sure. And see what works out there, but yeah, because he kind of left the lighting on bad terms, like weird terms, right? They said like he wasn't in shape or he came in out of shape. Like that's the yeah. worst thing as an athlete. I feel like somebody could tell you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks for coming to to work today. Uh, yeah, you're too fat. You need to go home. <laughs> yeah. See you later. <laughs> you need to go work on your cardio or something, man. But mm. uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens with him. I mean, maybe Shin well, he stepped his game up for that for sure, but. I mean, you got to talk about some other guys that are coming around and maybe they got to step their game up, too, because, you know, Nick Ritchie's signed, which we'll get to here in a second. But mm-hmm. uh, this third period was kind of just the Ducks kind of shut it down. Um, I felt like, not, like the Islanders didn't get a lot of great A opportunities in the third period. The Ducks didn't really have a lot of great A opportunities to go back to the way. It was kind of like a chess match. Ducks just wanted yeah. to run the clock out. Um but then, did you see the Clutterbuck uh, infamous Getzloff pass in the slot? He had like a breakaway, like a mini breakaway uh-uh. from the slot, and he dropped it back to somebody behind him, and he was right in front of Gibson for the shot. Drop pass oh. to nobody. It was beautiful. <laughs> the Getzloff special. Yeah, the Getzloff special, well, he, and it well, wasn't an overtime. Well, he was, he was paying tribute since Getzloff wasn't playing that night. He's like, well, someone's got to do it. <laughs> yeah, let me let me just fill in for the, for I the think, ball I guy think if here. you go back to the tape, you hear him yelling, for Getzy. Forgets he, he dropped past yeah. to nobody. He, he thought was yeah. like, like, dude, just take the shot. I mean, obviously, he, he screwed that up. But uh, so we thought Gibson would get away without having to give up a goal. But the Islanders ended up getting a floater at the end from the point from Mayfield off of Johnston. I mean, nothing Gibby can do here through traffic. Puck to flex off the stick. And now it's three to one. Yeah. Um, 30 seconds left, too. Like, so close to shutout. And yeah. 
it's just like you kind of felt like it was going to happen, right? Like I just I always get that feeling, and maybe that's my fault, right? And that's why Gibby gave it up. But and then the Ducks would get one right back though, Lindholm off the off the draw. Like yeah. all of a sudden now it's four to one. Ducks get the empty netter. That was and it kind of was a flow. It kind of like it kind of trickled in the net. Like it wasn't. It kind of had a weird trajectory. It wasn't really that fast. But this to see two Islanders try to give chase to it, but they still couldn't catch up to it to save it. It was like the in between, right? It didn't hit off somebody. I think someone tried to glove it down, and it just kind of like didn't get enough of it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so it was awesome. So yeah, right off the center, off the center ice, yeah. Ducks seal the win, four to one. Um. Let's get into some post-game stuff here. The biggest news of the night, obviously, is Nick Ritchie is signed for three years, 1.533 average annual value. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about Ritchie coming back into the lineup here? I know Getzloff wasn't happy about his holdout. I know that he mentioned mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, he would rather have him here in the lineup. I'm sure he has other words to say about that, you know, in private. That hockey players aren't really vocal about that kind of stuff usually. So, But interesting to see Getzloff speak out on it a couple weeks ago. But what's your what are your thoughts on Ritchie coming back? I mean, for the price, if it was if it was for more money, I'd be upset. Um, and uh, I've, there's a great article. I'll, I'll give props to Anaheim Calling. I think CJ wrote it or Felix. I'm sorry, whoever wrote it. I forget who wrote it. But I know it's from Anaheim Calling. And they broke down stat-wise for Richie. And offense, like shot-wise and when he's on the ice, he does contribute. It's just he can't get out of his own way with penalties. Um, he, he does take a lot of dumb penalties. Yeah. He pulls a dumb. But... Um, so I, and I think he kind of also brings a physicality to the uh, to the offensive side of the Ducks that maybe they're lacking right now because with the rookies they don't really have much in size. Um, they're kind of getting pushed around a little bit. Um, so he can he can bring that to the Ducks. Uh, he just has to stay out of his own way with the penalties and because he just that was obviously that's what the uh, the big uh, detractor for a lot of Ducks fans about him is that he puts the Ducks in these bad positions. Oh, for sure. I, I agree with that 100%. I mean, he would just take dumb dumb roughing calls or, or cross-checks here and there. He's a tough kid, and that's the kind of game he plays. He's a, he's a power forward. Um, he hasn't been able to light it up like he was able to light up a bit in the AHL. He hasn't really hit his stride, I feel like, in the NHL. And mm-hmm. it's like Eddie and I have talked in the show a number of times where it's like he is what he is at this point. It, 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 nothing yeah. wrong with a with a solid middle six forward. If he can play yeah, sometimes. Think, yeah, up. there's way too much um, emphasis on his draft pick status. I'm like, that's not his fault where he was picked. Like, um, it's, it's it's he's he's young. So it's I don't think it's it's too soon to say he's a bust or whatever. Like, I think people are too uh, they latch on to that that draft pick number. Oh, hundred percent. I, I mean, yeah. I understand it though, right? You expect more out of that, out of out of the, out of a first round pick like that. But I mean, if he's going to be a guy that puts up thirty, forty points and be productive and stay out of the box, I'm all for that. And if he's going to be a tough guy, add to that too, like not let his linemates get pushed around. No problems at all. It's kind of like he is what he is. I was actually shocked at the at the amount of the contract. Honestly, I thought he was going to expect some gigantic number, and that's mm-hmm. why they were so far apart. And then to see that it was coming out that he just you know a three year deal. 1.5 per is like, oh, all right. Well, yeah, it's kind of like, all right, we'll take for? it. I don't know. I wonder yeah. what the hell the holdup was. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I thought he was asking for, like, Richie. Tom Wilson money. <laughs> 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 Which we all With know minus... that would not be good. Yeah. Yeah, the Caps are going to be in a in a fun position coming up in the next couple of years. Oh, with that contract, hundred percent too. Yeah. Right? And he's not even playing. He had to sacrifice 1.2 million dollars out of his contract because he misses 20 games. Yeah, have fun with that, Caps. <laughs> Let's get to uh, some injury updates here. 
Jakob Silverberg did not play tonight, as we talked about earlier. Uh, fractured the tip of his finger, but it's not displaced. So I guess he's week to week, I guess you would call it. Yeah, I, I guess it, 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 it was. Yeah, it's not long term and he's he's still skating. He's just not puck handling right now. Obviously, with the finger issue. I saw the, uh, him, the they showed video of him on the bench during the game when that happened. He was pissed. He was like stomping his foot on the bench, just angry. I can't mm-hmm. imagine it felt good, but it's like he knew it was broken when he left the bench. It, it didn't look good for sure. Yeah, and doesn't it seem this season? Because I think the Ducks are now like we've been here before. Like they seem better equipped now. With you know, we have all these injuries, and last year it was pretty detrimental. Like it was a rough first what month, month and a half last year. Uh, but with the Ducks being five and one, one and like, the, it almost seems like, oh yeah, we well we did this last year. We know how it is. Well, we don't have anybody. We we're, we got this. <laughs> Isn't it? Don't you feel like we've had these injuries or something going on every single year for like the past three or four years? Like, yeah, I, I really feel thing. like that. Someone's got to check their their locker room. I think there's a voodoo doll hiding somewhere. Well, it's like they had mumps, like a yeah. few seasons ago, and then we had um, the holdouts from Manson and Raquel, right? Mm-hmm. then they get signed and then Manson and Votnin go and have off-season shoulder surgery was it last summer uh and they that came back sounds late. right yeah Kesloff yeah. gets hurt Kessler's hurt it's like Eves doesn't play a whole year I'm like what is going on like I feel like there's just something in uh, in Anaheim that's going on that's that's a like, that's weird something in the air something in the water it's just unreal to me how many injuries the Ducks have suffered over the past few seasons and the fact they've been able to get to the top of the Pacific and then make the playoffs is is just insane to me. I mean, I know they got they got freight train last year by the Sharks, but I mean the fact that they were able to pull that season out, thanks John Gibson, thanks Ryan Getzloff. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they're able to do that this year and how many kids they're able to keep up. Yeah, and at least for right now, like we're you know with with the games we've been winning, uh, it's that it gives us a nice cushion that we didn't have last year as far as points wise, you know, especially with now with the sharks, the Kings and Vegas, but all underperforming right now as, as far as what everyone's expectations were. And again, it's early in the season, but it's just, uh, um, yeah, it, it's, it's just nicer to have a nice start to the season rather than all of us sitting here miserable waiting. Like, well, December, we always get good. Let's just wait for December. <laughs> Yeah, right. Just got to wait for the wait for Christmas and then things will turn around. The second half ducks will come around and everything will be better. No one has to worry anymore. Yeah. So it's kind of nice to get the points now and have less of the, you know, less of the uh, acid reflux later, you know, in the middle of November. Yeah. It's just all dump and chase. Oh, oh yeah. We don't like dump and chase hockey. but That's (laughs) that's ducks hockey. Um, On Getzloff status, I felt like the Ducks teased. They totally teased a bit because Mm -hmm. they they like, who are you looking forward to? Like the the Toyo player of the game or something like that on Twitter. And Getzloff was one of the options. And and then like they deleted that tweet and put it back out without him on there. And I was like, what? And then, you know, Bob Murray puts out a statement today saying, you know, during the game or just before the game, right? It was like on Getzloff status, Getzy could be ready by Saturday in Vegas. He was close tonight, but we decided to take a few extra days. We don't need him re-injuring it. So mm-hmm. good. So everyone, there's the there's a status update on Ryan Getzloff. You're gonna probably see him this weekend. Carter Rowney could be in on Saturday. There's a chance he skated yesterday. He'll skate tomorrow. And then your boy Chip, uh, Kasha. Yeah. We got Kasha. Yeah. There. Getting closer. He may get cleared Thursday or Friday. He has another. If he has another good day tomorrow, we'll send him to get a final clearance to join the team. He's been sent symptom free for several days, which is good news. I saw that by Eric Stevens on Twitter. So mm. good news on Kasha's front, man. Two concussions and back-to-back seasons is brutal. Yeah, 
you gotta feel for that kid who who's showed so much like energy and uh, you know even as a young player like it's it's just a bummer too to see him take these like hard hits and have to be out because you, you we all expected him to just be you know contributing right away so yeah he's a fasty 20 goal scorer last or feisty excuse me fasty feisty he's fast he, he might be fast <laughs> i'm just creating vocabulary as we go along here yeah so I expected a lot out of him this season, too, and we, we were hoping for a big year for him. And then it was nice to see uh, Jakob Silverberg step up this season, too, um, a contract year. And that typically means that these players, you know, are able to get to that next level or try to get to that next level and push hard. So all these injuries just keep happening. And hopefully this is going to this is just going to be October. Come November, we'll have all of our all of our guys back except for Perry. And then we'll probably have Perry back around December. There's no way I heard people. Uh, on facebook or on uh, even on, on uh, just online in general saying that uh you know they hope the ducks are able to like bury him somewhere in the lineup or bury him in the ahl it's like they don't know what no movement clause means like it means <laughs> Corey perry can just give you the middle finger and say he's playing or you're just going to scratch him like he's not going to yeah. go to the ahl yeah but i will say though it's like as far as the injuries like it's just it's good to see now that, like, you know, with, especially with last year with uh, with Kessler and finding out he was grinding all season when he shouldn't have been playing, like, the Ducks being smarter about all these injuries and not rushing players back, That's uh, that's been good to see. No, like, that's 100%. Yeah. You, so I, I don't want to see Kessler, I don't want to see Kessler grinding out and playing at 50% and uh, looking like he's not enjoying it and he's not contributing. I'd rather him, if he needs to sit out, let him sit out. And they were talking about, you know, letting him, you know, maybe not having him do back-to-backs or letting him play a stretch of games. But if he feels that hip giving him issues, they will, they won't hesitate to scratch him for a game or two to give him some rest. Yeah, why not? I mean, he's what thirty-four years old, which is you know old in hockey time. Which you know, mm-hmm. I'm thirty-four years old, so it sucks to say that. <laughs> but yeah, like he's uh, he's near. Whatever, the, he's... man. I'm thirty-one, old man. <laughs> I still <laughs> got the best playing years ahead of me. <laughs> He's, I got the he's freshest lake in the league of, of like retiring and here you and I are like, yeah, we still got like 30 years left at least, <laughs> at least 30 more years. <laughs> so oh, we're going to work forever. Yeah. Right. I think we are forever. It's just never going to go away. But uh, yeah. Patrick Eve's status, he's still coming along. He has his good days and bad days. He'll have three or four good days and then he'll have a day when it's sore. Usually when he shoots too much, we back him off and go at it again. Doctors say this is totally normal. We want him to be comfortable when he comes back. He's still practicing with the team. They never said how he injured his shoulder, did they? I know it was a mystery. I had a friend tell me that uh, he, like Bob Murray, told him at a cafe that, like, oh, you know, he hurt his shoulder in a car accident. Which my buddies run into him before, so yeah. maybe it's not BS. But it's just kind of strange that, like, he he comes off like this life-threatening mystery illness, and then all of a sudden he has a shoulder injury and he's not playing, and he's, like, further behind. I had heard it was during training, but it could be totally, or, like, during conditioning and stuff, but that totally could be wrong, too. That seems more likely than, like, a random car wreck. I don't know. I mean, maybe. It's Southern California, but still, I don't know. It's just kind of, like, strange to me. So hopefully he comes back. I mean, he gets signed to that that nice three-year deal after he puts up, you know, career numbers, misses a whole year, and now he's injured again to start the season. Just a real tough break for a great dude. So yeah, that's tough for Eves. Um, do you want to hop into uh, to some questions on Twitter here, Chip? Sure. What we got? All right. Let's see what we got here. We're going to pull. Well, we got one from Eddie, of course. Uh, Eddie's going to pop in with a question. He can't let's be see. on the podcast, but he's going to ask questions. Oh, he's got He's got to ask questions. I'm sure there's <laughs> something lovely, too. I wonder if it has to do with cereal. Probably. Let's see what he's it's directed it, at me. Probably. It is a cereal question. <laughs> All right. 
What do you got, Mister? I don't drink. I don't. I don't eat cereal with milk. Yeah, weird guy. He eats it dry, guys. He eats it dry. <laughs> so he writes, know that about your podcast host. <laughs> he says, "Why is cereal without milk the best option for cereal?" Then he says, "For reals, though, with Docton coming in, what's your ideal bottom pairing? Picking one from each side." And he lists on the left side: Pedersen, Larson, Mahura. Right side: Shen, Schuster, and Docton. What's your best mm-hmm. pairing? I, I like Pedersen a lot. I'll just, um, but what, 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 my one concern about Docton is when he comes in is, it's another, it's, it's the same thing with like Richie that they have a problem with penalties. Like, and I've, I've read somewhere that the Ducks, I think it was OC Register, that the Ducks right now have been really good about not being generous as giving up penalties. Um, but then you have two guys coming into the lineup potentially who are penalty machines. And so that's my concern about Docton and, and Richie. Yeah, Docton and Richie. Yeah, yeah. Well, obviously, Richie's not a, a defenseman, but I'm just saying, like, b- both of them have a perchance for uh, making penalties happen. That's true. Um, yeah. I would still have to go with Docton, and then if I were to pick our left side D, I really want to see uh, Mahura get a chance. I'd love to see Docton on the right side of Mahura on the left side. I think that would be an interesting pairing. Um, Have we seen much of Mahura yet this season? No, I don't. Yeah. He's not up with the club at all. I think he played a yeah. little bit in preseason, and that was it. So I want to say maybe he got hurt, but I don't think I'll back and check. Hey, um, uh, in the chat, Baybolt says uh, it's Dachin. We're Dachin. pronouncing it wrong. Yeah, I'm an idiot, Baybolt. Thanks. I don't know how to yeah, pronounce thanks, his man. name. Yeah, thanks, man. I'm awful I'm at pronunciations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dachin. So, uh, Stephen Toff on Twitter says, is it possible for the Ducks to get Nylander? No, we can say thanks to uh, our good friend Eddie for putting out that rumor on Twitter because nobody was talking about it. And then he decides to go on Twitter and like he didn't really say it was going to happen. He was saying, like, look out for this to happen because the Ducks picked up Dachin. And, you know, he's another right-handed D, so that means they're going to move somebody to bring in a winger. So, I don't know. Do That's think- the pot, man. Yeah, right. Always got to stir the pot up. Do you think? You, do you think the Ducks have any remote chance in bringing in a guy like William Nylander, um, and at what cost? I don't even know if we have the. I don't even know if we have that kind of caps. I, mean, I I don't really follow like contracts or the cap. But do we have anything left cap wise? I don't think we do. Maybe enough to buy like a Big Mac. <laughs> like maybe like sign up sign a Big Mac for four seasons. But I think that's all we have. I don't I mean, think the, we have much. The Ducks right now have. Uh, cap space, current cap space, eight point five million dollars cap space. All right. I mean, they got some LTIR, long term injury reserve, because of Perry, right? So they're going to. But you have to kind of reserve league. that because if Perry's expected to come back, you don't want to tie that up in other money. No, I mean, I guess what you what, what people want you to do is to say they're going to take, you're going to keep half of Perry's contract, and then get rid of Perry, so you retain that four million. Right, but then you also don't start the one million. Don't start so. the Perry, moving Perry talk again. I'm no, people, people think it's going to happen, but it's like he can he can just like say no. So it's yeah. it's no one else's decision but his. But uh, they have the cap room to get William Miller, but I think it would come at a cost like a defenseman. Like you're talking Brandon Montour, Josh Manson. Um, maybe if you're able to move Cam Fowler, but he's signed long term. I'm sure he's got a no movement clause on his deal as well. So mm-hmm. yeah, he does. He has a modified no trade clause. So they could. I just don't think they do it. It's not a Bob Murray thing to go out and make a flashy deal for a high-profile guy like that. So yeah. I don't know. If, but, Chip, I'll, let, I'll make you be the bad guy. If you had to pick getting rid of Josh Manson <sighs> or Brandon Montour Son in order a... to get William Nylander, who do you who do you get rid of? I hate you. 
I wouldn't do it. <laughs> I just, I'm not doing it. You can't force me to do it. No, can't make me. It's not my podcast. I'm a guest. You have to be nice to me. <laughs> you don't want to be the bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly don't know. I, I, I don't really, I don't really know. Who would you take? Um, I'd probably move Josh Manson. Yeah. It'd be a More tough deal. I just, yeah. I, I just like, I love uh, Brandon Montour's game. His skating and being able to move the puck out of the zone, I think, is a good move. Is is really just a little bit better than Josh Manson at this point. He's he has, he has more offensive upside. He's able to be that trigger guy on the power play, which the Ducks like fail to utilize every game. I think mm-hmm. I think Montour on the half wall is a great option for him. Um, Manson's more defensive minded so far. So if I had to pick, I would take that side of things, but. Whatever, it's not happening. I wish Steven, I wish you were right, man. And he was, and William Nealander was coming here. But move on here. Don't feed Phil on Twitter says, "Do you think Kessler is officially back?" I'll let you take this one, Chip. As far as offensive production, so what we've seen from him, four points in four games is the old Kess back. I think it also like, the fact that I was on Kess, uh, Kessler uh, hat trick watch tonight. Um, I would say it's. Signs are pointing to pretty good. I mean, he's going to be smarter about his his hip, like we talked about earlier. Um, but he's he's motivated, like we said, like you know, his post game interview. I and I I think he is. I think he's back as as far as he pushing. He knows his abilities right now. Um, I, but I, I, yeah, I I think he is. Do you think you think he he's able to hit like forty to fifty points this season? Um, I mean, if he keeps up this pace, definitely. Um. But we'll see, you know, how many times, how many games he misses, like, you know, with with, with the hip thing. Um, if he's not hitting forty or fifty, I think he's gonna push it. I think he's gonna get close. I think so too. I think as long as I he stays be, healthy, there's a good chance for him there. Yeah, I think he's extremely motivated because he knows how he played. You know, we all saw how he played last season, and and he's a very competitive guy. And I know it probably didn't sit well with him, his <laughs> performance. So I think he has a chip on his shoulder, and he's just ready to ready to go. As long as he doesn't like break his hand on Ryan Johansson's face, right? <laughs> when they end up fighting here in November, you know that's gonna happen. No, They're definitely well, gonna. Well, it's gonna him. happen because because Johansson's gonna turtle, and yeah, it's 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 not gonna be an issue. <laughs> so we have uh, the Swinty on Twitter says, "Do you agree the team is really starting to play better, even though we lost the sh- uh, the shot battle?" I test me says we outplayed them. Kess seems back to a couple of years ago. Almost looks faster. Um, I would say the Islanders probably outplayed the Ducks the majority of this game, um, but the Ducks not not badly. It was closer than most nights. I, I, you, would you agree? Would you see? It yeah, like and even or? like even that first period that didn't look very well, it didn't look very like look very good. Um, they were still they were even on shot counts, so right. at least the, the Ducks were could be able to contain. I'm looking up the stats for this this game. Do you know what the shot count was at the end of the game? Um, the final shot count at the end of the game uh, to bring this up. You put me on the spot here, and I don't have this number yeah. in front Come of on, me. Come on, man. <laughs> what kind of host are you? Okay, yeah, you? so it was, it was uh, yeah, Islanders 35, Anaheim 25. So, I mean, it's obviously better than that Dallas game. I think it's too early to tell if the you know the Ducks are doing much, but, you know, it's, it's so early. Um, but it, it, it's, like we said to talk about earlier, like, this start is trending in the right direction. Like, it's... You know, it's better. It's a best, a better feeling I've had watching the Ducks early in the season than I've had in a long time. I mean, the the scoring chances in the third period were pretty far apart. The Ducks got outplayed, but that's a lot of that is score effects. You know, you start playing Randy Carlisle third period hockey with a lead, 
and you just try to like get rid of the puck as fast as you can and not push out. And I felt like the Islanders pushed hard in that third period, like they should. So just that always happens. I feel like in every game, you know, no matter what game you're watching, a team's leading, it's just going to happen. Um, yeah. But I think it was closer. It was a better game, but the Islanders aren't great. So I mean, I'll take a win. <laughs> yeah, and also like the the defense was much better on the back check today, giving Gibby a lot more help than he has been getting the last couple of games. Oh, he had way more help today than he has. Uh, yeah, for sure. It wasn't the Gibby yeah. show, which is nice. Um, so Jacob on Twitter says, "Wow, come to was really impressed. I feel uh, I feel like him. Sherwood and Steele stay up when everyone is healthy. Do you agree? What do the lineups look like if that happens? Mm. That's uh, an interesting well, like, question here. Yeah, and there's also like things to do with their with their uh, with their contracts. And if you burn a year, if they you know, was it the ECL? Con- I'm like I'm not, yeah, I'm not an expert with like rookie contracts and stuff. Obviously, just the way I'm fumbling with this question. Yeah. Um, so ELCs, right there, and it's it gets tricky when word. you're talking yeah. about <laughs> guys who are waiver exempt, guys you can send to the to the AHL, guys you have to send back to their junior team. So I don't think that you're going to see those guys all stay up. Comtois is going to get sent back to the queue. That, as he's going to go back yeah. to the QMJHL. Um, just because why not go let him light it up there and then play in the World Juniors and develop another year. Um, and you don't have to wave, you don't have to ha- like wave him and, and give the opportunity for some other team to, to pluck him off, right? That's not what you want. Um, and then Isaac Lundestrom has said that if he doesn't get picked up to stay with the big club, um, which I don't think he will either. He's 18, and he needs probably some more time to marinate and get better. He's probably going to go back and play in Sweden. So can't blame him yeah. there either. He's already been playing with grown men and not playing in the AHL. Why not go back to Sweden and do that right in your homeland? So sure. I could see Kiefer Sherwood staying up, honestly. Yeah. He's an energy guy. He's been playing really well. Um, I could see Sam Steele staying on board too. But uh, the two guys, I think the odd men out, honestly, are, are Lundestrom and Comtois. And not by by effort, but just purely because they can go back to those teams without being uh, picked off by another NHL team. Yeah, yeah I, can, I can see that, too. And Troy Terry also. He doesn't have to worry about being plucked either. I think he's, he's waiver-exempt as well. So he can be sent back down to the minors without anyone worrying about him either. So it would be nice to see Sherwood Steele and Comtois stay up. But uh, I just I can't see it happening. Um, yeah. Eric West, uh, an old buddy of mine, decides to say, uh, what are my thoughts, me, uh, on advanced stats? That was for a bonus show on Patreon. Uh, that is not to be discussed in post-game shows, Eric. And nothing, makes, nothing shuts my brain off faster when you say the word stats. Yeah. No, yeah, it's like, it's like, I understand. A lot of people, either you love them or hate them. But most people aren't in yeah. between on them. I guess some people could be, but yeah, it's usually the way it goes. You can see the merit in him, but I can't, I can't hold a longer conversation about him. Like, yep, yep, those numbers sure say a thing. There you cool. go. Yep, that's yeah. all. Yep, that's exactly what uh, their Corsi four percentage was in relation to their shot, uh, in relation <laughs> to the shots on goal total for the team. You're like, okay, you lost me. I'm done. Yeah, um, I was blacked out. <laughs> Pirate on Twitter says, "What was your take on the Richie deal?" We both said we like it. We both are supporters of Nick Richie. F- if you're talking about he is what he is, if you want to try to say he's a first overall draft pick and needs to be a top flight winger, that's not Nick Ritchie, mm. right? Kind of stole the same spot there. Yeah. And then the final question on Twitter comes from Justin. He says, which rookie do you guys think will be sent down and which will you, th- will you think will be sent that will stay up? I think we kind of just covered that. Yeah. yeah. So Look at us answering questions before we even get asked them. 100%. Is there anyone in chat, anyone listening right now that has any questions? Uh, please speak up or forever hold your peace. 
we're running on towards the end of the show. Uh, Gordon Bombay is upset that Eddie's not on the podcast. Oh, did he? Uh, Jimmy, he- Jimmy, uh, I can't pronounce your last. I can't pronounce any last name. I think it's uh, Jimmy Heesh. Uh, Jimmy he said Heesh, I was yeah, close. I was he said I didn't, but- yeah, I didn't butcher it too bad. I know last time I yeah. talked about him. <laughs> yeah, he said he wanted to, uh, was it Comtois to get the Gordy Howe hat trick? Oh, we were, you did we're too, both right? Like, we talked about yeah. that. Is, is Kessler going to get the hat trick or is Comtois going to get the Gordy Howe hat trick? Yeah. Let's see who else we got here. Uh, over under 45 points for Lindholm. Oh, there you go. I, I'm going to take, um, honestly, everyone knows that uh, that Lindholm's my boy, and I always want him to pump up his offensive stats. That way he can get some chances at getting a, uh, a Norris vote, some more, at least get the conversation. I think he's got a long way to go before he's able to get a trophy. But yeah. uh, I'll take the over on that this season. I think he's going to get 45 points. He's already, yeah. He already has what? How many points already? Four? I think he's got five. I think he got his fifth point of the season tonight on that empty net goal. Um, And the way the Ducks have been playing their defensemen, they've been like pushing and pinching up a lot. You see a lot of that happening uh, this season where the defensemen are carrying the play into the zone. Yeah. 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 I I, I feel good about that too. Jason Lamb says, uh, why am I a home wrecker? Oh yeah. Why are you a home wrecker chip? Yeah. Hey, I just asked to come on the come on the podcast, man. I, I'm just being a guest. I, I feel like it's more their fault. I think they were they were both bad podcast husbands to me, and uh, yeah, they decided so not you gotta to be go with You gotta go with the side chick. Yeah, I gotta do that. Sometimes you just have to <laughs> <laughs> for podcasting. <laughs> All right, that'll wrap up the show tonight. Thank you everybody for tuning in. Chip, go ahead and plug your show. Where can we find what you do? Uh, so you can find my podcast, Totally Offsides. There's an S at the end. It's on purpose. Uh, you can find it at krock.com, or if you download the radio.com app, it, it'll be there. Uh, but both of those places, you'll be able to find it. Um, my episode for this week just went up today. Um, I had uh, Michael Liu, who was the 21st Duck. I had a little quick phone conversation with him. And we also talked, uh, you know, the, the state of the Ducks, much like we did today. And a lot about Star Wars and uh, video games. So... I cover hockey, but then we also veer into other stuff, too. No, it's a fun show. Like It's not just strictly hockey. I think that's what makes it entertaining. So go check her out. Please go check out Totally Offsides on her podcast. And uh, check us out, too. You know where to find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, Forever Mighty. Check out our Patreon if you want to get involved in some of those bonus shows. We're doing a watch party this upcoming Saturday, which uh, Chip decided not to come to. She feels like maybe her band's more important. But, My uh, band is playing a show. And I'll, <laughs> <laughs> hey, the Wayfair on. If you're not coming to the watch party, go to the Wayfair on the 20th. Yeah, go check out Chip and her band. What's the name of your band? Oh, uh, Well Hung Heart. There you go. Go check them out. Um, and if maybe Chip will be at the game with us on Sunday. I know that uh, Jason, Eddie, and I. And uh, my wife, Michelle, will be with us there, too, at the Ducks game. Paul Karina, my favorite player. I might have tears in my eyes. So, uh, I think we all will. Everyone's yeah, cutting onions in the Honda Center. 100%. So I'll be there early. Um, we'll take care of business that day and uh, all cry together and say hello to Paul Karina returning back to Anaheim and being part of the team again. All right, everybody, that's it. Enough ranting. Thanks for staying up late with us, and we'll talk to you guys next game. See you guys.